0: This is a whole Observatory Podcast. 5, 4,
1: three, two, one, zero. Welcome to StarSort, in space podcast.
0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of Star Stuff. I am your host, Cody Halfmoon, and today we're with some really cool people. Uh, You'll probably recognize the famous, infamous Kevin Schindler, infamous historian Kevin Schindler, and today I am fangirling and embarrassing Mm. myself all evening. We have astronaut Nicole Mm -hmm. Stott
1: Hello! Yay. Hello! <laughs>
0: um, and we are—we don't typically say when we record podcast episodes, because it's really awkward when we post it, but it's really important, I think, today to say what day it is. Take it away, historian. What day is it? 93
1: years ago today, on this very night, Clyde Tombaugh discovered Pluto right here at Lowell Observatory. And mm-hmm. so we're celebrating that, and that's why Nicole is in town. Yes. Um, to celebrate this, because we're celebrating inspiration and pursuit of of excellence mm-hmm. um and nicole is the epitome of that oh
0: yes and you get to stay in the clyde tombaugh apartment I am, tonight i am which and, is
1: so cool and there's now an asteroid stot
0: oh my gosh asteroid stot that was cool that were you expecting was, that was that a uh, surprise no i was not expecting that
2: <laughs> you we can't tell those things asteroid, i and then, like, beautiful art to complement it. At, yeah, George yeah. Averbuck's globe. And, oh, my gosh. And then the the certificate for the asteroid is it's a work beautiful. of art. Yeah. That is gorgeous. Yes. And, it,
1: it, you know, it's something that's unique here at Lowell Observatory because our scientists discover these things, and you get to name them. Mm-hmm. And so finding mm-hmm. important so people or people that make a difference in this mm-hmm. world, mm-hmm. and you're... Such a great example of that. I am yes. so thankful.
0: So the Very other grateful. guests who are watching who are like, I went on Star Stuff and oh. I didn't get an astronaut. <laughs> Go to space and come back to us. Okay. Yeah, life
1: 104 days in space. <laughs> yes. And a, several weeks underwater as yes. part of the training.
0: And then change the world when you get back.
1: <laughs> yes. And, and work with kids around the world to inspire them about space yes. and, and then, about the world in general.
0: And I'd love to talk about that. So um, obviously, if we put out here on YouTube, oh my gosh, we have an astronaut here on the podcast. <laughs> we have to talk about some of the obvious things. So I want to okay, get that out okay. of the way first and like the fun space yeah. questions that okay. you probably could answer in your sleep. Um, and might be answering in your sleep because it's quite late. We just got back from our iHeartPluto festival I think the sun was night coming of discovery. Up I saw. Yeah, yeah. So it's early. So I said, like, oh, astronauts. Like, of course, she's okay with recording okay. a podcast mm-hmm. after this day. Um, yeah, so I there are a few fun questions, but uh, my favorite thing to know is what is the most common question that you are asked? Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I think there's two. Okay. Um, one might be the obvious one. They, they both might be, a, because I think people want to know what it feels like. So the question is, so what's it feel like to be in space? Like physically, yeah. Physically, yeah. And then the other one is, how do you go to the bathroom in space?
0: Okay. So what I would like to do is uh, answer. We, have us answer those for you and see how close we are. Okay. Because I'm sure you're tired of answering these questions. All right. Well, okay. Go for it. So, um, Kevin, how does one use the restroom in space?
1: There's Apollo like a, nerd, you have to I, know I, there's like a diaper thing you tape on, right?
2: <laughs> we've advanced. Yes. We've advanced <laughs> little since little then. Yes, thank I, goodness. I for historian's answer.
1: <laughs>
2: yes, we've advanced. So um even even on the flight like on the space shuttle and um for launch we would wear a diaper just because there's hours and hours. Uh, Being at the launch pad and then launch, and before you can get out of your suit and stuff, I don't know how many people actually use it. How
0: silly does it feel to have that really cool slow mo walk with the helmet, (laughs) knowing and no one else in the crowd knows that you're wearing a diaper. Well, and it looks like you. I mean,
2: (laughs) it's like, does my butt look big in this? uh, You know, it It looks puffy. It's just that's just the way the suit is anyway. So it's just, but you're you're really thankful, I think, to have it. But then, I remember during. like practice for launch before you know before the actual day and because when you launch you know it's like take your airplane and then rotate it vertical so you're on your back right you're you're laying on your back looking up and they want you to know that you could use the diaper right that you could go if you needed to because you know you don't want to hurt yourself so you want to know that you could use it so mentally though we're so trained now to not (laughs) PR mm. pants, right? <laughs> I mean literally, you just you you get like a mental block to it. Mm-hmm. So, to practice that was kind of interesting. <laughs>
0: I'm going to practice <laughs> being in a diaper. That's amazing. And so well, you're all just on my si- back, you know. Mm-hmm. Or- you're sitting here with all these other scientists and astronauts, right? And you're just like we have to practice pig. And exactly. they well, they want
2: you to. So oh I mean, gosh, first well you flight, know, yeah.
0: no stone unturned at NASA. Yeah. So
2: and um, it's it's a good it's a good thing. I mean, you can even practice at home. You can like lay down in your bathroom or something. We
0: encourage everyone at home if you want to know what it's like to so be an astronaut. Uh, Amazon some Pampers. So well, I can um, see how
1: that builds camaraderie. I mean, doing yeah. having to do stuff like that, it's it's a source of laughter. I'm sure. Oh, there is. Yeah, <laughs> There's yeah. no
0: bonding like being with
1: friends. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It, it
2: is it is but and and then on the vehicles themselves like on the the space station there's a whole like hygiene facility with the potty and um the the most interesting like different is really number 1 cuz it's just this big long hose with a yellow funnel on the end of it you take the cap off turn the fan on it starts pulling airflow through mm. it and then it's just all about it's like shealy. aim and speed oh. yeah yeah, and uh, kind of cool that all of that urine from all of your friends gets collected That's and then beautiful. recycled into clean drinking water. That is, wow. So, it's so you don't have, thing. as they
1: said, the constellation urine anymore floating off in space as they release the...
2: There are still some, <laughs> I, but I think we refer to it like urine dumps, but yeah. it's not, it's not, we don't want to waste it either. Right. Drinking water? Um,
0: is that what you had, you said it's all, it's all recycled into drinking water? It is recycled into
2: drinking water. Mm-hmm.
0: What's that taste
2: like? It tastes just fine. Wow! It's it's and you know of course we do tests on it and everything and um, that's beautiful. You know, like cleaner than
0: what we normally it really get gets out the, of our taps. Yeah, it
1: seems like it gets to one of your points that what you adapt to in space, we can really do that on Earth in so many ways. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, this is when they say you know like New York has some of the cleanest filtered water. You can use this as an example. Like you can filter anything, man. I mean, if you've got the yeah. right equipment and and it's cool it's because
2: possible. you know bringing that technology back to Earth is it, it it's kind of what we do with a lot of things. You know, you've taken it to space, you've done this compact kind of thing to deploy it on a space station, and then <clears throat> excuse me, you bring it back to Earth somewhere. It packaged maybe a little bit differently, mm-hmm. but now you're providing this opportunity to. to Like, literally bring clean drinking water to a place that never had it before. It's amazing. It's very cool. Or in, like, uh, disaster, you know, zones and stuff like Mm -hmm. that.
0: That Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kind of cool. And so the second question was, how does it feel to be in space? So that was the um, physically, how does it feel? Uh And so my guess would be is that it feels, uh, I feel like I would have a lot of stomach upset and it would be uh, a really, really exhausting. It sounds – I am the I – I, I fangirl over astronauts because of, like, who these women are. It's fantastic to me. Literally, no, I never want to go to space. It sounds Aww. terrifying. Oh, my gosh, no. Um, no. It's wonderful. And, what is I mean, there's like? phases
2: of flight, right? There's the, you know, the launch and what you feel with all of that load on your body, you know, seven million pounds of, for the space shuttle, mm-hmm. at least of rocket thrust exploding underneath you, get you off the, I mean, the planet has a real hold on us. It yeah. really, it takes a lot of energy. She loves us. To get, get yeah. out of Earth's hold on us and then be orbiting the Earth mm-hmm. and even in low Earth orbit. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's a different feeling to what it is to land. And it's a different feeling to what it's like to just be in that microgravity mm-hmm. environment. And that's, that's the thing I think most people are asking about. What's it like to be up there floating and flying and just moving effortless in three dimensions, just moving effortlessly mm-hmm. and how cool it is that I think our brains and our bodies figure that out. Like in whatever extreme environment we're in, they're figuring it out. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, <laughs> yes. yeah. well, and I say that, well, I say that because thankfully, you know there's the positive side of it where you it becomes effortless you you know that you don't need to push hard you just gently tap and you're moving up into the corner and you roll to, and flip and do these things to move from one place to another and then the downside of it is though that your brain and your body figures out man I don't need like bones or muscles anymore yeah, to move yeah. in this environment and so our brains and our bodies are always trying to figure out what do I need to, to expend the energy on mm-hmm. to keep us in good shape? And they discover, well, I don't need to expend energy on bones or muscles anymore. Yeah. So we go into essentially like an accelerated osteoporosis, you know, muscle loss. And so we have to be very proactive about counteracting that mm-hmm. with two hours of exercise a day, yeah. you know, look the kinds of food we eat, you know, all of these kinds of things. To be able to have the bones and muscles and the strength, if nothing Mm -hmm. else, to come back to gravity, which, by the way, is a lot. I mean, gravity, (laughs) it's like that song. It's, you know, working against me. I mean, we are under so much load every day that we don't think about it. It just feels normal. And then you come back from space and it's like. God, my head weighs a lot. Um, you and, you got, and you got taller yeah. in space. Think about, yeah, and you get taller, um, you get all stretched out in space. Mm-hmm. and Yeah,
0: like a gray man. Uh, it's Canadian really, boy. and then it all, you out. all,
2: and it's so cool. I mean, that you know, like your fluids shift too in your body once you get to microgravity. So, you know, all this fluid shifting up like towards your head. A lot of people look really like puffy, like filled out in yeah. their face. They're long, and, Their heads, they're big, they eyes. All, yeah, grand. yeah, you know, it's like, ooh, aliens, yes. whatever. <laughs> but it's kind of cool to, I mean, you get the most amazing lift. Yeah, you know, it's beautiful. From it, the lines
0: fill out, it's just <laughs> awesome. And then you come back to Gravity, it all oh, goes right
1: back to where it was. Gravity and always gravity. wins. Yeah, yes. uh-huh.
0: <laughs> Yep. So, so my personal question, before we get into some of the stuff I really want to talk about uh, <laughs> in the time we have.
1: Besides the bathroom?
0: Besides the bathroom. That was the most yeah. priority. You can actually stop listening now. You, you've you heard the best mm-hmm. part is we know how to pee in space. Um, my So my experience in Houston um, was, you know, going to NASA and I... Uh, I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, but I just started like crying because I'm looking in the, the control room and I see a female scientist in the control room um, talking to, and they they feed the, the audio in so you mm-hmm. can hear what they're saying, talking to a woman on um, uh, doing Science in space, right? And you, I got to like see their or hear and see their interaction with each other as mm-hmm. they were take doing this science experiment, checking in with each other, uh, complimenting each other, just like you're doing so fantastic. Thank yeah. you, know, <laughs> thank you so much. And I'm just crying like I love <laughs> women. Um, it's so amazing, and it was uh, it was incredibly inspiring for me. And I was curious. Um, it seemed like at NASA there was just like a lot of support uh, there, at least in that control room. And I'm wondering what your experience was, um, as a, I I noticed in one of the photos that you shared, um, in your time in space Mm -hmm. that it was, you were the only woman on the, um,
2: on 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 the
0: vehicle, as you called it.
2: Yeah. On my cruise, I was, you know, on my flights, I was the only woman. I never, really thought about it until mm-hmm. somebody said, oh, what's it like to be the only woman? Mm-hmm. And, I'm the th- and I'm like, oh, well, you know, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> not that I don't want to see more women, you know, <laughs> but it was like, I was, I felt good about the mm-hmm. crew I had, you know, yeah. and the people I was with. And, and it's so, I mean, I always felt supported in yeah. all the jobs I had at NASA, not just astronaut all along and, you know, learned some of the greatest lessons in my life and how to, not just be working as an engineer with NASA or an astronaut, but these things that apply to everything, like mm-hmm. uh, a m- mentor and one, a dear friend, um, Jay Honeycutt, who and uh, en- ended up being the center director at KSC, but just as like a hero of NASA overall. And his his thing to us as young engineers at Kennedy Space Center was like, we're here to solve really challenging problems. To do that, you've got to go into it believing there's a solution to the problem. And then on top of that, you need to be operating like with this approach of here's how we can, not why we can't. Mm -hmm. And oh my gosh, that applies. That doesn't apply just to space stuff. That's Mm -hmm. like working with, you know, figuring out how to deal with your plumber at home or a lawyer or whatever, you know, Yeah, like (laughs) positively and believing there's a solution and, you know, going with it, you're going to find it. Mm -hmm. And and then on top of that, you know, you mentioned like these women, you know, an astronaut on board and somebody in the control center. Yeah. We are, um, I think like last year was the 50th anniversary of the, you know, the last time as human beings we were walking on the moon orbiting mm-hmm. it. And I'm very thankful we're getting ready to go back. Yes, yeah, so exciting. It is very exciting. And, and back then, you know, there was one woman. In the mission control room, but mm-hmm. she wasn't in the front room. She was in the back room. Poppy mm-hmm. Northcutt at launch control in Florida. There was one woman, Joanne Morgan, in the control center. That was it. Now, fifty years later, women are running. Incredible women are running those two facilities. Mm-hmm. And you know, we just had that that Artemis test flight. You had Charlie um, Blackwell Thompson, the first you know female launch director you know, for a mission like this. Mm -hmm. Um, And you look into the control center and it's just like this mix of humanity. It's
0: amazing. You know,
2: it's every flavor human you can imagine Mm -hmm. is in there and you're not like, ooh, where's Joanne? Yeah. And I don't know what the secret sauce is with um, NASA and and I speak to like human spaceflight in particular, but it's in the mission control center. It's in the training group. Mm -hmm. It's in the engineering support. It's in the astronaut office. I mean... Mm -hmm. Now, there's roughly 40-ish active astronauts Mm -hmm. in the office. Roughly 40% are women. Yeah. And you go to, you know, most any university engineering program, and they are struggling to have 20%, Mm -hmm. you know, enrollment. And so I'm wondering at some point, is it about the numbers, you know, Mm -hmm. in any of the places, or is it... Is it making sure that we are welcoming, whether it's yeah. at the university or in the workplace, that young women and young men and, you know, the across all the demographic know that they could have a place there? Well,
0: that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Is like the representation is such yeah. a big deal because, um, I mean, I as an English major, seeing a woman up there, I was inspired. And yep. just tonight I heard two girls... One was probably five, one was maybe 12. Just, she's so cool, my gosh, I want to be like that, I want to be like that. And, like, that kind of thing is so... When you're at an impressionable age like that, to see, you know, I I don't know. I think it, it makes such a big difference. And I know it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you were up there and doing your job and didn't really think about it, and who knows how many female scientists or just women of confidence that you've inspired, which is... Really cool.
2: Well, and I want us to get to the point where we're not having to think about it, right? Yeah, that would be great. And um, but I love that that you witnessed that happening tonight. Mm-hmm. I think that's I. I think there's so much to just being present, mm-hmm. like making yourself present um, to the. I mean, you want other people. I mean, I'm excited about what I. I'm really like blessed yeah. to have done what I did, right? And I want other people to have that opportunity. Mm -hmm. You want other young women to have that opportunity. And sadly, we're still in a a state where I think, you know, young girls, they still need the see it, be it thing. I mean, I go to remember going to career days for my son through school and the boys, and I don't like to stereotype anything, but the boys were just like, okay, is that person? Are they doing something cool that I might want to do? They're not thinking, is that a man up there doing Mm -hmm. something cool? But the young girls, they're looking for; they are looking for that representation still, mm-hmm. and it's you like know, a safety too, because you is. know that
0: it's somewhere you can be safe. Yeah,
2: and and I think it's, um, it, you know, encouraging young girls that way. It's I think it's part of what we should be doing, and you know, hopefully, is you know, beyond encouraging them to to see someone else doing it, is for them to imagine them doing themselves. But imagining it in enough. To where they'll put themselves out there to Mm -hmm. to consider it and do the things that they have control of in the like for me, I would have talked myself right out of filling even filling out the application to be an astronaut. Oh, why would they pick me? Mm. I've never what have I done? You know, and and it really took speaking to mentors to just say, hey, what do you think about this? And having that, it's like they gave me permission to do the one thing I had total control of. Like Nicole just. Fill out the application. Mm -hmm. I mean, they didn't say, "Oh, you're the the greatest astronaut there ever was," you know. And I'm like, they might say that now. But um, and you were on the commercial.
1: Yeah, (gasps) yeah, yeah. yeah, What a great (laughs) commercial! (laughs)
2: Uh, I I would never have imagined in my life being on a Super Bowl commercial. And I only—I really only did that because the you know, the company was, they were running a really amazing campaign that was supporting young women. It was like an organization called Girls Who Code. Mm -hmm. And they were, I mean, it was like dollar for dollar matching for um, like purchases that were being done um, for this group. And yeah, and it was funny. I did an interview about that. and, um, And at the very end, he says, yeah, you know, I'm wondering, Nicole, how do you feel about the fact that more people through this Super Bowl will probably see you and um, recognize the astronaut thing and be thinking about space because you're doing a Super Bowl commercial than might have when you were getting ready to launch to space oh or when gosh. you were doing like real space flight stuff. And I thought, man, I could go down a really negative path here with this. Like, why aren't people paying mm-hmm. attention to space and all that? And I'm like, you mm-hmm. know what? They chose space as their theme and they're using it to lift up you know, other young women, Mm -hmm. I'm like, if this is what gets them thinking about space, whatever sells,
1: it's a a different audience that you might not otherwise reach.
2: Absolutely. It's why art is so I mean, I I considered it kind of an artistic thing as well to be doing something like that. And yeah, Mm -hmm. engaging audiences that might not even know there's a space station up there where... Everything that's happening there is ultimately about improving life on Earth.
1: Mm -hmm. And, you know, that that makes me think that the book that you wrote, which everybody should read, Mm -hmm. because it's it's a mix of your experiences and then how you can use those experiences to make life better on Earth, something we can all learn. But you talk about the Earthrise moment. Mm -hmm. I'm going back to 1968 with Apollo 8 famously seeing our globe. Maybe talk about that a little bit and how that has really driven you.
2: Yeah, I think it was, I mean, for me, it was a really, um, I don't know, I think kind of a, I think it was a way like Earthrise, I think everybody, even if they don't aren't following along with space, mm-hmm. um, you say that, they know what you're referring to, mm-hmm. right? This image of Earth rising over the horizon of another planetary body the first time with like human eyes, we were seeing that and that crew very kindly sharing it with us the way the way they did you know as people of the planet kind of thing and that that picture to me there's no better image of of who and where we are together in space right mm-hmm. and um it just made me think that oh my gosh if we can use that as a way to get people to just look around themselves every day just right here on the planet mm-hmm. for the awe and wonder that surrounds us to remember oh my gosh we live <laughs> we live on a planet, you know. We're all Earthlings. Only border that matters—that thin blue line—and um, and bring that into our lives. Um, I think it's just—I think it's just such a powerful, powerful thing. Mm-hmm. And if you can, if if using something like Earthrise moment, like okay, th- you know, think about something that was so awesome and wonderful, and really got you considering your place, you know, in space with everyone else. And how you should be behaving like a crewmate, not mm-hmm. a passenger. I noticed that you, be were doing writing, that
0: you were writing that when you were... Um, so there was a line through the theater <laughs> for mm-hmm. book signing moments to see it. And I noticed that when you were signing the books, you put... Uh, was it crew, not passenger? Yeah. Can you explain that um, a little yeah, bit for I mean, our yeah. listeners?
2: Um, I think that... You know, and with, with the book, too, my... I. I've never wanted to write a memoir, right? I wanted to use experiences in my life to share, share this story, but it was more about how you know, how is it that we build this mechanical life support system in space? Yeah. And we purposefully know we have to go there just to be able to survive there, before we can do any science or international mm-hmm. relationship stuff or anything. We've got it's gotta be this intact life support system. And so every morning we wake up and we're like, ooh, how much CO2 is in our atmosphere? <laughs> and how much clean drinking water yeah. are we to have? And, mm-hmm. you know, is the metal, you know, this metal hull that's wrapped around me? How, you know, how, what great shape is it in? And, you know, are my crewmates all healthy and well? Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's just like the perfect example for how we should be doing that down here yes. on Spaceship Earth. Yes, And so spaceship to me, Earth. this idea uh-huh. of... <laughs> Being crewmates and not taking an active role, like actively participating in this planet that is our like planetary life support system yeah. and protecting the things about it that mm-hmm. allow us to survive and maybe even thrive here. Yeah. yeah. Um protect the whole that's being a crew. <laughs> you know, that's being a crew, that's not being a passenger. And yeah. And it's what's so great about working with kids on this stuff, too. They get it. You start talking to them yeah. about that stuff, and they're like, oh, I get that. I could be a crewmate, you know. Yeah. And, and and hopefully that sticks yeah. with them, you know, yeah. then throughout the rest of their lives. It's well, really and it's awesome. at
0: some point is it's, it's so easy to understand. It just – it gets so, you know, it'll get either politicized or it will get some other emotion, emotional aspect of it. But you talk to a kid, it's like – yeah, I mean that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> and it's of course, so simple. You know, it's it's almost like—is it too simple? Is it, too is it
2: simple? like, mm-hmm. am I oversimplifying this? Right. You know, we've got seven people living on a space station, and we've got mm-hmm. seven billion, right? So it's almost—is it eight billion it's, it's the, like now? It's like almost eight. Yeah, More you know, than it's eight five. now. Or mm-hmm. yeah, in Houston. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I realize it's like ginormous matter of scale kind of thing. But when you, I think when you kind of embed it in your life, like Mm -hmm. wake up every morning, you're like, okay, I'm going to be a crewmate. Yeah. You know, it seems kind of like, you. then you're deliberately considering it. It's fantastic. Yeah.
1: But when you talk about seeing the thin blue line in the atmosphere, it's incredibly thin. (laughs) Yeah. When you think about our planet and we are really all reliant on each other. Like Mm -hmm. you said, it's so simple. It should be to... to, Mm Capture that. Yeah.
0: When I like that you said too. How are my crewmates doing? Because it kind of reminded mm-hmm. me of the work that you did. Was it at McDonald Hospital <clears throat> in Houston, or was it a children's hospital? Uh,
2: it was a children's. That when we started at in Houston on this the art project, it was uh, at MD Anderson, the oh my pediatric my cancer my center. There was
0: a uh, cancer research There, I'm a huge fan See? of MD Anderson. So at MD Anderson. And uh, Nicole had an incredible, started an art project. You just go to do art and it grew into this project is what happened. Yeah, right? it
2: really wasn't my thing at all. The Ian Sion, the artist who had started their art and medicine program there with the kids, uh, wanted to do a space themed project. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, we ended up coming up with spacesuits as the theme. And, you know, it was really, I, I think it was like, oh, spacesuits are cool. You know, at first, they, and are they were cool. like, oh, my gosh. You've got these kids in this place where they're going through treatment. It's like, it's like their, their, their protective zone, you know, is in this hospital now is, you know, providing them with what they need to stay alive and Mm -hmm. all of these things, which is exactly what a spacesuit does for you, exactly what our planet, you know, does for us. Mm -hmm. And so it worked, it turned out to be this really kind of profound, I think, um, art project as well, just from the standpoint of we're doing spacesuits. Mm And how it grew out of that, but oh, and how cool did it
0: was! <clears throat> yeah. The output. oh my gosh! So basically, it was um, pieces of fabric that different children would create yeah. on, and you sew the fabric together to make a spacesuit, and then sent it into space on an astronaut. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, you know, I mean, it's like the cover of a suit, but the, it's, I mean, to me, the it's very cool, there's
2: this like serendipity in it too, with the people that have come together to work on it, you know, Ian starting this and we were thinking it's just like a one-off thing. I really thought I'm going there for the day to paint with these kids and mm-hmm. walked out of there with my next mission in life. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and just appreciating what these families are going through and stuff and being able to provide in some way, you know, their kids and them with this, like transcendent experience almost, you know, mm-hmm. the opportunity to have space as this inspiration and the creative outlet of art. It's a way that, you know, these kids are talking about their future and like sitting up straighter. And up my heart. When you were talking, talking about Oh my that. gosh. Ah. Mm-hmm. And it's, there's so much to it that, I mean, I could, I was like, okay, this is not just a one-off thing. And then to yeah. see the, each of these individual pieces of art that are so beautiful on their own, mm-hmm. And what they represent coming together into this suit, and that the suits are sewn together by ILC Dover, the company that made my spacesuit that I did a spacewalk, made the Apollo suits, are making the greatest. They are the spacesuit company making the suits that we're going to go back to the moon with and do more spacewalks on the space station with. And they have volunteered with us since the very beginning to quilt these kids' artwork together into these amazing. suits. That's amazing. Yeah.
0: Well, I definitely would say look this up if you haven't. And, I mean, there are so many other things that we could probably talk about for another 45 minutes <laughs> oh, yes. of the watercolor um, art that you did so while fun. you were... Putting the human in human space fire. Oh, my baby. gosh, yes. Yeah. Um, all of the neat. Um, I love some of the things you were saying in your presentation, how uh, you'd refer to, like, well, I was just over there float- floating around. I was floating over there instead of yeah. standing over there and looking through the window and the window being uh, to looking at Earth and... Uh, the photography that you've taken. So I just say, you know, we could probably sit here for another two hours, um, but I'd encourage all of our listeners to just like look up this woman. She's <laughs> she's so she's so cool. It was it was so neat to see a theater an auditorium of people just. The response was great, and then oh you guys
2: so grateful to the. To the thankfulness too. Oh my and gosh, uh, we were all just huddled. the Pluto scene was the Pluto really scene. good. Pluto's a planet. By Pluto's a planet.
0: You heard <laughs> it here. Saying. You heard it here. Yeah, we were, were in all the just land of Pluto. We were just huddled around, like, oh my gosh, did you talk to her? Oh my gosh, <laughs> this is the dumb thing I said when I talked to her. It was so cool. So seriously, an honor to have you on. Thank on you, Star you very stuff. much. Um, it's. I know that it was a, a long day, and uh, we appreciate good. you being a guest. On Thank this. you. So uh, with that that was it was there anything else um you'd like to say to our listeners or where can we find your book or where would you prefer that people buy your book if you have a preference uh
2: well you, i mean you can check out my website uh NicoleStott.com and there's a, a link to where to get the book any, any place you buy books you should be able
0: to get it and please check out the space for art foundation yes i think it will make you smile And we'll put links to all of that in our discord as well. So thank you so much for listening and thank you to um, everyone who's donated money. They'll buy us pizzas during our YouTube videos and (laughs) all of you are fantastic. So thank you so much. And um, yes, see you next time. Bye. This podcast was made possible by our members and donors. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support our nonprofit in making more digital education like this available, go to lowell.edu donate. Thanks for listening.